The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our PC. Hello, everyone. This is Dave. Welcome to the Boston Podcast, home of the greatest podcast that comes out Monday through Friday in the greater Boston area because it's the only one that I know of. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. This is the podcast where we tell the stories of your city through the voices of your city, learn how to prosper in your city, and love your city a little bit more. I want to thank our sponsors off the top, U.S. Postal Service, the second largest employer in the United States, offering paid trading and ways to move up. Apply today at usps.com slash careers. I want to thank our friends at Adori, our podcast partner, Download the Adori app. Go to the App Store. Download the Adori app, A-D-O-R-I, and your podcast will come alive like you wouldn't believe. I also want to thank a supporter of the show, the National Tailgating Experience. Take the luxury box to the parking lot. Hire the National Tailgating Experience and experience one of their luxury RVs before a football game or a corporate outing. Find more info at nationaltailgatingexperience.com. And as it happens, I have the dude right here. I have the Chief Tailgating Officer of the National Tailgating Experience. Welcome to the studio. Welcome to the show, Mr. Josh Missif. Yes, sir. Oh, What's please, up? Stop, stop. Thank you, thank you. This is your time. It's football season. I mean, here we are in week two. Isn't it a happy time? Doesn't this time of year just get you excited? It you gets know, you nervous because you're, you're never busier than you are during uh this time, right? It, it is both amazing and very stressful, especially <laughs> especially in the household. You know, when you have a family and you're running in and out of town every week from tailgate to tailgate, the kids want to go. They're old enough now, and sorry you can't go to me at school. Yeah, but it, it, it is a great time of year. I think back to that. Yeah, even though they're not a sponsor, the Staples commercial. It's the most yeah. wonderful time. Yeah, the, right. Well, that's the, that's me kids, right now with tailgating. Kids go back to school. Yep. Yeah, you have pulled off every man's dream, and that is. When you say, uh, honey, I'm going to a tailgate before the football game, you're actually going to work, right? I mean, this is the way this works. You've been on the show before, Josh, but uh, tell us how that goes and, and how you spend a typical Sunday or Saturday, I guess, right? Yeah, absolutely. College is a huge part of what, what I do. You know, as far as every man's dream, you're right. Every time I'm at the soccer field or the ice rink and all the other dads are like, wow, I can't believe you get paid to tailgate for a living. It's like, yeah, yeah I kind of do. And I kind of fell into it by accident as we've talked about. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's great. You know, I, I was just in Washington this past weekend. Uh, well, excuse me, it's not Washington. It's technically Landover, Maryland, where the Redskins mm. play. Did a tailgate there and came up and back in a couple what of days. What is the name of that stadium? Um, FedEx Field. Oh, FedEx Field, right. Yes. Yeah. I remember the days of old... Uh, RFK, right? Yep, uh, RFK. Which, which yeah. is still standing? They still do... They might do the Army-Navy game there still? I don't know. Anyway. It is still standing, but I'm not sure what events they do there. Is, is FedEx nice? Is it a nice... It looked nice from the outside. Yeah, uh, <laughs> part of what I do also is I don't usually ever go to the game. Right. Uh, you know, usually when my clients go to the game mm-hmm. after they leave the RV or the, the trailer, um, I clean up and I'm wheels up and I'm on, on to the next one. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Because you could, 
Well, you, I'm sure there's a little bit of you know cleanup and wrap up to do, and you can have the TV on while a- you're absolutely. doing it because you've got. So how many? So the luxury. So in case you missed it, this is what Josh does: national tailgating experience. You you hire this luxury RV to come meet your tailgate. You know, before get college game. High, uh, I was going to say high school. I suppose you could do high school game, but okay. um, but but it's more. I know the core of your business is more NFL and corporate outings and things like that. Um, and how many TVs in the luxury RV? There are ten. Ten. Five inside and five outside. Wow! I can't wait to tell my son. So I I don't know if you've met my son Adrian, who's who um, I think you probably have at some point in the past. He has autism, and so one of his little um, uh, autistic. Uh, points of information is that he needs to know how many TVs are in every place. It's okay. It's okay to laugh. Kids with autism, they love details. And so every place we go, you know, or he'll say to me, where did you go for dinner? And I'll say, "Uh, I just went, you know, to Chili's. How many TVs did they have? So now I can tell him 10 TVs. And you can tell him that there's one inside the bathroom. Ooh, see, that's, that's class baby right there. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, as, as, as silly as it may seem, I still get amused when I'm in a restaurant and you go to the urinal and there's a TV up there. It's like, oh, cool. I really, you know, for the for the next 45 seconds, I'm not going to miss anything. And it's again. really <laughs> only functional for men. That's right, huh? Well, I guess it, you could put them in the stalls, but um, that would take some unusual wiring probably. Yeah, probably. Females. Yeah, yeah. So, and now you've also got a trailer that can be rented, which is kind of like, what, what is that? Like a smaller deal, cheaper, I presume, and just kind of another yeah, option. Yeah, it's a different entry point. You know, it's a it's a six by eight trailer where it's all decked out it's got a grill hanging off the back it's got a satellite in there it's got high def tv it's got a ps4 mm-hmm. um all the tricks it's got to actually get a built-in beer tap so we can do an event at a brewery or or if someone wants to bring a keg to an event we can do that too mm-hmm. so cool so since this is the uh, pat's pod wednesday or whenever you're listening to this it's the, it's pat's pod week two for the boston podcast so we're gonna we're gonna talk patriots this is this is um uh, a celebration of, of football and so i wanted josh as as my guest because um he lives and breathes it of course and when he's not living and breathing barbecued ribs or pulled pork or things like that um so you told me before we started recording that you listened to the game on the radio um uh as you were making your way from point a to point b in the rv correct yeah getting back from washington yeah so uh obviously pats blew out miami did uh, i was watching on tv so treated to the sounds of ian eagle and dan fouts um i'm being being slightly sarcastic there (laughs) uh did did uh was zolak losing his mind on the radio broadcast yeah, especially the first call, the uh, the, the well, not the first call, but the call on the first, well, not the only first, but the Antonio Brown touchdown. Yeah, right. Uh, Zoe lost his mind. Do a Z like, welcome to welcome to New England. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, welcome to New England, AB. Yeah, yeah. Go, good job, kid, and you know things of that nature. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, with with Zolak, and we're going to hit on a bunch of top Pat's topics today, and a little later we're going to play a little Patriots Jets uh, trivia game. So stay tuned for that. But Zolak, um, some might say, is an acquired taste. I mean, you know, I grew up on, uh, and I'm a little older than you, but I grew up on, uh, you know, Gil Santos and Gino Capaletti. Gil and Gino, absolutely. And they were lovable. They were, I mean, uh, you know, perfect color um, and play-by-play combination. Gil had a a sense for the dramatic. You could hear his voice rise at the right times, you know, um, you know. 
and the, caught by Troy Brown at the 20, to the 30, to the 40, Troy Brown still on his feet, you know, and that and that sort of thing, which is exactly what you want. You could tell they love the Patriots. I mean, Gino Capaletti, a, a lifetime, lifelong Pat, um, has Zolak, in your opinion, admirably filled the shoes there? And, and Sosie's, you know, good too, but he's kind of nondescript, right? Yeah, he is. So I'd say Sosie is your classic uh, radio professional, right? He's, yeah. he's very polished. He, he he knows what he's doing. He's he's not going to make mistakes, which is I guess what you want on a radio broadcast. You want yeah. you want to know down and distance. You want to get you want to really the point of radio uh, football, especially, is you want to close your eyes and be able to envision where they are yeah. in the field from him describing. It. And I think he picture. does that very well. And and to your to your question, I think Zoe has absolutely filled the big shoes that he was left behind. By Gil and Gino, and you know, Gino wasn't as you know he wasn't a rah rah guy. He he was a, kind of a different color color analyst. He, yeah, kind of old school. Yeah, he was measured. He yeah. he gave you the points and he got excited about it, but not in the sort of the cartoonish way that Zolak can. Yeah, and I think if I was tuning in from another city to a Patriots broadcast, yeah, I'd be like, well, who the hell is this guy? Yeah, but you know, he's our he's our he's our guy. He's so, our wacko, we, so we yeah. like him. Yeah, and and that a long line of wackos on in broadcast. So if you had to, I haven't prepared for this, but if you like, you had to do a a uh, Mount Rushmore of kind of colorful, and I guess they're all going to be color men by definition. Although with one exception, I can already think of, um, <laughs> uh, you know, broadcasters. Uh, we'd have to start with Johnny Most, of right? Course, of course. Yeah. Now he was he was play. Ironically, looking back on that, sort of ironic. He was the Play by playing Glenn Ordway was the the color man. Yeah, right? but Johnny yeah. Most was the play by play and the color. Yeah, man. he was. He was. He, the, he whole was show. the whole show. Right. Ordway was just window dressing. And a great example of a guy who's who's oh he's such a homer he's such a homer yeah I want a homer I'm rooting I like you to root along with me it enhances the experience right and when something bad happens he gets upset and that's what we are. Well, I think that's the difference. In, in I was sitting here thinking through it. You know, there's the difference when you mentioned Ein Eagle and Dan Fouts. Yeah. Um. You know. And football in general, you're always getting a third-party pro- broadcast. That's if right. You're getting neutral broadcast. So, you know, they're not supposed to be fans. But to your point before, I, I like the fandom in yeah. announcing. Yeah. You know, I like that angle of it. And it's it's missing when you're when you're not listening to the radio on a Patriots broadcast or whatever team you root for. Yeah. I mean, and that, that has, in this, in this sports radio and sports TV hot take um, landscape that's developed, I think people forget about that, particularly – radio uh, people in Boston here, it seems like they come on the air and they're like, who can I rip first? What can I criticize first? And you know what? We're sports fans. We want to enjoy it. You know, it's okay to celebrate that a team is good. And it's like, oh, you're a homer. You know, no, I mean, just, hey. Well, you also know the uh, sort of the unspoken part of that business too is that there's always someone that, whether they whether actually believe it or not, is always going to take the opposing viewpoint. Yeah. And I'm I'm all good for a good debate. I think the guys that do it the best are the uh, PTI guys, the pardon the interruption guys. I don't know if you ever watch that oh, show yeah. on ESPN. Absolutely. Yeah, and Wilbon and Kornheiser they often disagree, but it 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 you never get the, at least I don't you don't ever get the sense that they're pissing each other off. You can tell that they're great friends. You can tell that they like the sport of the debate, and they hit a topic and then they move on, which is another lesson that be taken by you know other broadcasters <laughs> for sure yeah like i really wanted to talk about the red Sox um setup man for four hours thanks uh anyway so we're talking about broadcasters oh well we didn't finish the thought who else would you put on the uh the mount rushmore we're talking about just boston then. yeah just boston but all sports right yeah i mean 
I know a lot of people don't like him, but um, especially in some of his later years. But you got to go with Joe Castiglione. Yeah, well, Joe Castig's great. It, I I um, miss Jerry Trupiano. Now I'm dating myself. That's all the way back to like the '90s. But I thought he was great. He was the perfect. Uh, and now I confess I don't even know who's on with Joe Joe Castig. Do you know who the color guy is on there? Joe Castig is. It um, rotates. Oh, it does. You're right. I think that's part of the problem. Yeah, you're right. Um, I it's remember Dave O'Brien, right? And then they bring in Merloni comes in sometimes, yeah. right? Yeah, Dave O'Brien's fine. I don't know. I'm thinking um, as far if we talk characters. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Maxwell's got C- Cedric's got a seat at the table, right? He's a little loony. <laughs> Corn, Tom, cornbread is out there for he's sure. Out there. Tommy Heinsohn, of course, and um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Now I like I really like Eckersley. I, 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 he hasn't grown stale to me yet. I love the way he how honest he is. You no, pro Eck, not pro Eck. I, I love Eck. Yeah, I love everything about him. So there was uh, we're talking about broadcasters. There was an awkward. Uh, this is something that, um, you know, if you watch pro sports, it, um, you take it for granted that they're going to be professional and always say the right thing, which is, is probably a really hard thing to do. But occasionally there's this awkward moment or awkward silence, and one of them came up in the game uh, the other day. And um, so I'm going to play it. Josh, this is just audio, so I see you looking at the TV. This is uh, I just realized I'm pointing to the wrong button. I'm getting punchy from punching all these buttons. So just this is Dan Fouts and 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 Ian Eagle describing uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick getting sacked. Fitzpatrick steps up. Fitzpatrick is sacked. Chase Winovich among those there for New England. Now fourth sack of the afternoon, second sack on this sad sack drive. Jamie Collins gets there as well, and it's a party in the pocket. Excuse me? (laughs) (laughs) So you had the the first was the the painful uh, uh, metaphor, wherever that is, the the turn of phrase where he said, uh, the sad sack drive. Um, I mean, it was a sad sack drive, I guess, but but there's a party in the (laughs) pocket. What a, what a truly awful exchange that was. I mean, it really was awful. I think I would have let it go if I were Fouts. It's not a spot-on sexual innuendo, is it? It's there's a there's a party in the pocket. If he said there's a party in my pocket, then yeah, then we got something there. You know, the pants. Let me give you the invitation to the pants party. But <laughs> but um, those uh, sometimes to cheer myself up, I'll go into YouTube and just look up most awkward exchanges between uh, you know broadcasters. It, it is just a, it's yeah. A that website, awful announcing, is pretty good too. They usually pick up all that stuff. Oh, they do. They do. Um, I mean, and- let's be honest. Dan Fouts' best work was in was in the Waterboy. I mean, <laughs> it was all downhill. <laughs> I after forgot that. he was on that. It's because he didn't hold anything back. <laughs> I forgot he was in that. That well, his best work was on the field in San Diego. I think he's he's totally like nothing. He's he's. He's, you know, normal. Um, it is a shame. I, I suppose, like, there are broadcasting rules and regulations that will prevent this. But I had I had this idea. Why not um, make broadcasting like podcasting, meaning make it a common carrier system, meaning anyone can tune into the game and broadcast and, and you know, call the action on the field, right? Maybe a, a team will emerge that's super funny. That's like, I mean, when I'm watching the game, I want – Funny. I want the funny moments to be called funny. Which, by the way, we have one here. By the way, so. you just came up with an idea. What you're going to have to do with this show is you're going to have to have a full studio audience during a Patriots game live, and we will 
comment on it. We can, but I'd have to look up the laws to whether or not we'd be violating um, copyright restrictions. Moz, come on. Well, it, it, it's actually not not necessarily an open and shut case. If we were literally broadcasting the action, that'd be one thing. If we were podcasting it and recording it and kind of doing it later, maybe with a few seconds. I don't know. I have to think about that. But um, plus, not to mention that you're only hearing audio of people's voices. You're not seeing the actual copyrighted uh, video material. Correct. I don't know. I haven't thought this all the way through. But uh, talk about um, calling the action and, and embarrassing moments. There, this was one for a Miami player, which I'll play. In, and uh, so you might be seeing this video for the first time. Josh, here we go. Second attempt. Perfect. That's it. Good job. Second so I don't know. The, the audio was a little faint on that, but... He said, uh, "When your when your white when your uh, tailback is ducking from a pass, that's not a good sign. Um, that's pretty classic. That's <laughs> yeah, the game in a had, nutshell. I actually had seen that this weekend, and yeah. it was. Uh, yeah, you're right. It wasn't the game in a nutshell. I mean, it was a laugher, and uh, it, it was it wasn't even it wasn't even a game. So, what are your feelings in hearing that um, the Pats come out? They start throwing a Brown right away. He catches his first three passes." They they didn't even throw a pass to anybody else until there was like several minutes gone in the game. Catches a touchdown pass, looks good, right? Yeah, yeah. I thought he looked really good. I mean, especially for having you know what three days of practice with the team. Yeah, exactly. And now we are in complete Looneyville as we sit here with Antonio Brown. the The latest report now, of course, he uh, shortly after arriving in New England. Well, I mean, where do we begin with this guy? Now, we're not going to do there's, a full-on... There's on, so much material. Yeah, if you with. want more Antonio Brown, just call, uh, go into sports radio, and I'm sure they're talking about him 24-7. But we'd be remiss if we didn't at least mention that, you know, the guy shoots his way out of town in Oakland. He threatens the, the GM. He looks like a head case. Patriots uh, sign him anyway because he's the best receiver in the league. Um, immediate, almost like he hadn't even gotten his, his feet wet, his, his sore, tattered, scarred, uh, hydro chamber feet wet (laughs) until there's a claim, uh, an old claim surfaces, sexual assault, which obviously should be taken very seriously. There's a lot of smoke around this thing both ways. She, the accuser has a lot to say. Antonio's camp seems to say that he's being extorted for money. There's no civil, there's no criminal claim. There's only a civil claim. Um, days later, uh, story surfaces, a, a painter was sort of accosted by a, a nude Antonio Brown in his home. She's painting. He walks by, you know, with nothing but a little washcloth in front of his, his privates. And then today, or maybe this is yesterday, I don't know. I'm reading this headline. Pittsburgh doctor claims Antonio Brown repeatedly farted in his face <laughs> and owes him $11,000. Um, I mean... It's so weird and wacky, and I don't know. Well, you know, like you mentioned, first and foremost, I mean, anytime there's any type of allegations like that with, with sexual assault, it's you don't joke about it. I mean, that's clearly... That you don't joke about. <clears throat> we don't know what happened. We'll probably never know the truth, um, but concerning, to say the least, and we're not going to go there with it. Mm. But, you know, a couple things come to mind is, you know, number one, you know, the timing of all this just yeah. stinks. It, yeah. it, it reeks, you know what I mean? Yeah. It just... Not even hours after he signed with the Patriots, it reeks like it's an Antonio like, Brown fart. It, <laughs> absolutely, well played. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is that, you know, whether one thing is true, one thing is not true, you know, it's the old where there's smoke, there's fire. 
Yeah, I guess. And, and he just does not seem like a likable human being. Well, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. But that's where it gets tricky. There's, I don't need to like the guy. Although, I don't know. I mean, what was your visceral reaction when you heard him catch the touchdown pass? Were you like... You Fist know, bump. Yeah, okay. So we don't, Absolutely. We don't care that much. And like some, like one of my friends on Facebook said, is it me or, or is now the time to be out on the Patriots for signing this guy? No. And, so tell me why. Look, I mean, there throughout the course of history, there are, there's bad people in every walk of life, right? Yep. I mean, it's just the law of averages. Right. And sports is no exception to that. Mm-hmm. The problem now is that there's so much information out there. There's so many cameras and recordings and all of these things that, you know, people are going to get caught if they're being bad or dumb or whatever you want to call it. So it's it just you, – you're going to tell me that like, – as the shirt I'm wearing to the the NBA champion '86 Celtics, right? Yep. Are you going to tell me Greatest that there were not, you know, a holes on that team? Or there's legendary stories of of Larry Bird himself getting in bar fights in Boston, and it never Robert, making the, Robert Paris never d- making domestic uh, violence, situation. never making yeah. never making the papers because it was a different experience where the sports writers had to protect their, I guess. Their little circle of the friends. Their little circle they, of friends, yeah, otherwise they wouldn't yeah. get a story. Right. Nowadays, it's the opposite. It's like if we don't get this information out, you know, no one's going to consume our media. Yeah, Dan Shaughnessy still has a job, and everybody in town must oh hate my, him at this point. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dan, by the way, lighten up. You're a good writer. Uh, but um, so totally agree. I, I, I think of my childhood hero, Collier Stremsky, my almost namesake, and... Uh, on my brain because you saw what happened last night, right? At Fenway Park. Great moment. Yeah. Great the, gra- moment. the grandson, Mike Yastrzemski, not only gets a standing ovation when he shows up at the plate, which is just so cool. I can't think of, I can't, I mean, there are times when an athlete returns home in a different uniform and gets cheered in a different uniform. I remember cheering Carlton Fisk hit a home run for the White Sox at Fenway, which was just, it was late in the season. Nobody gave a shit whether we were they wearing the softball uniforms. Yep. (laughs) With the shorts. No, no, I don't think it was the shorts, (laughs) but uh, in the collars. But but it was just cool. It was like, we still love this guy. We're going to let him know. This was, this is a different, this is, this is the, 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 the grit, not even the son, the grandson of Yastrzemski, but to see Yastrzemski on his, on the back of his uniform. At Fenway Park. I mean, really. And then he hits a home run. Then he hits a home run. It's like Roy Hawes. It's It's like the natural. Yeah, Yeah. it's fantastic. Unbelievable. And and lost in all the Yastrzemski hubbub is the fact that Lexington native Chris Shaw, who was a September call-up for the Giants, played at Fenway last night as well. I didn't know that. Wow. Shout out Chris Shaw. Went to high school with my nephew. Is that right? Yep. Wow. Okay. I usually know that stuff. Uh, the only reason I brought up Yastrzemski, actually, is uh, he was sort of a, a dour guy. He was he was not an, an upbeat, friendly friend of the reporter. No. He famously would sit by himself in the clubhouse and smoke a cigarette and read the paper. And, and since he retired, he seems interested in doing not much more than fishing, which is fine. Uh, Yaz, enjoy yourself out, out there. Um, but I just wonder whether if he played in this era— whether you know the the just because he he didn't like to play the game, um, if he would be ripped for all kinds of you know not not inappropriate behavior of course, but just kind of like you know bitter dour kind of stuff. Yeah, I absolutely, yeah. I think you're 100 percent right. Yeah. All right. So uh, when we uh, return from a couple of brief announcements, um, we'll do a little Pat's Jets history, Pat's Jets trivia. We'll see where it goes. I do need to 
tell you a little bit right now about the U.S. Postal Service. USPS.com slash careers is where you go to find information about careers with the Postal Service. And the Postal Service is hiring for seasonal work. All shifts, 18 bucks an hour. Not bad. In the North Reading plant, that's located at 76 Main Street in North Reading. Once again, please go to USPS.com slash careers to set up a profile. Search keyword casual and location search keyword no i'm sorry let me get this right search keyword casual that's it that's the that's the word that's bolded on my on my information sheet here it's a great way to make extra money for the holiday season oh god the holiday season is already coming up for more information call 617-654-5632 or once again visit usps.com slash careers i also want to thank josh's company just sitting across from me and he's gonna blush because i'm gonna thank him for supporting the show the national tailgating experience take the luxury box to the parking lot you get it's a real wine and dine experience vip experience luxury rv right in the parking lot where you're tailgated Special and exclusive 10 flat-screen TVs. 10 flat-screen TVs! You hear that, Adrian? Indoor and outdoor seating in this luxury RV with the lighted bar and beer taps. Hire them for a tailgate. Hire them for a, a road trip. You're taking a road trip out to your alma mater. Josh was just in Ohio. You just in Ohio State? No, you said upcoming you're going to be at uh, Ohio State. Yes, October 5th. What's, so what university would that um, game be at? It'll be at the... Not oh, Raymond, you got it. Ohio State University. You got it. He knew exactly where I was going. He's good. The Ohio State University. So, once again, hire them for the football games, but also hire them for corporate outings, neighborhood neighborhood barbecues, any other big bash you're going to throw. It's an eye-opening experience. I've seen this RV. I've been in this RV. It is awesome. National tailgating, National tailgating experience.com is where you go for all the info. How did I do, Josh? It was, it was perfect. Good. Um, rarely are we perfect here. Perfect is the enemy of the good. But so, okay, so Patriots, Jets. So just off the top of your head, what do you think of when you think of the the Pats-Jets rivalry? Josh? (laughs) I just laugh. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, so I say that in jest. Recent history, yes, I laugh. We, of course, hashtag butt fumble. Yes. Um, We can talk about mononucleosis if we want. Uh, I I did chuckle when there was a, um, of course, uh, Jets quarterback, Sam Donald, out with mononucleosis. Someone was holding, at the game the other night, some woman was holding up a sign that said, I gave gave mono to Donald. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's so Jets. It's so Jets. Well, that's exactly what it is. So I've got got cousins that are twins, and they're a couple years old, and I am. We're like brothers. And they grew up in Fort Lee, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. One of them is a diehard Patriots fan, Red Sox fan, Celtics fan. Doesn't care about hockey. Right. The other one is a diehard Celtics fan, mm-hmm. but loves the Jets and the Yankees. <laughs> <clears throat> so we go around and around all the time shooting funny Jets and Yankees. And Talk about feast or famine. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I just called him this morning, and I just started laughing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what do you want? And I, I just said, 21 and a half, which, of course, was the opening line to the game. Oh, God. And yeah. it's just, he's just like, yep, yeah, I can't really argue with you. It's it's a laugher. I mean, it's just, yeah. the season's over and before week three. Which is, it, it, what a difference a couple of years makes. Because if memory serves, we might uh, research a little Jets-Pats history as we sit here. I, I, think, I think I've got my math. I think it was two years ago we lost to them, right? Yes, I believe um, so. And at, almost every year, even in recent years, they're frisky. They put up, they put up a good fight. And now they just look dead. I mean, okay, your quarterback's out. He'll be back. But, but... 
you got Le'Veon Bell. You you got what's supposed to be, I don't want to say a proud franchise because they've because <clears throat> they're a punchline. But throughout the history, they've been you know the is the rivalry dead? I guess is the question now. At, at this point, it's sort of a one sided rivalry. Yeah. I, I remember, I forget. I think it was twenty ten, mm-hmm. the year where the Jets came into Foxborough and they completely stonewalled the Patriots and stole the divisional round game. I was there. Oh, yeah, of course. The, and, the Rex Ryan yeah, and Mark was, Sanchez. It, the Patriots should never have lost that game, especially with that team that year. And yeah. they just completely shit the bed. Yeah. Um, we lost that game. I'm, I'm looking at chapter and verse 28-21. What was, do you remember what had happened a couple of uh, games earlier? It was... Um, didn't we didn't we completely annihilate? Yeah, them? exactly. Yeah. So so, Jets were in the last regular season game between the two squads in that year, and this is once again is twenty ten. Yeah, twenty ten. Uh, Jets were eleven and five. Patriots were fourteen and two. And so the Jets come into Foxborough, big, big game, and we have, we kill them 45, 45 to three. Yeah, forty five to three. Um, I know. My colleague is telling me stop to stop bouncing my knee because I'm making a sound. Is that what you're telling me? Okay, all right. Sorry, listeners. I couldn't hear it on in my headphones, but maybe. Um, I'm excited. We're talking about the Patriots, so my knee is shaking. <laughs> um, before the the playoff matchup, which you which you just referenced, Josh, the Jets' Antonio Cromartie called Tom Brady an asshole, <laughs> claiming that he pointed to the Jets' sideline after throwing a touchdown pass during the Patriots' 45 to three win. Oh, well, big deal. Did Antonio call any of his 27 kids an asshole? <laughs> I'm just, just curious. He's not sure if it's only 27. There could be more. And, yeah, then they, 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 the Jets come back to pay to Foxborough for the divisional round game, and we lose 28-21. I fe- LaDainian Tomlinson was involved, and Sanchez had a great game. People forget. I mean, that wasn't that long ago. Um, here's Let me give you a couple of little quizzes here. This, this, the, the, it'll probably be the hardest question first because I didn't know this. I just looked this up. In 1978, Jets coach Walt Michaels uh, – Helmed the Jets and lost to the Patriots fifty-five to twenty-one in late October. After the game, he publicly accused the Patriots of what? Videotaping the sideline. Close. Oh, maybe we'll give it to you. Stealing the coach's signals. Uh, cited that as the reason for getting crushed fifty-five to twenty-one. Can you imagine? Wow. Well, you know, I go back to. I, I, it brings up baseball for me. You know, anytime the teams always complain, oh, they're stealing the signs. Well. I'm sorry, that's your fault. If your signs are that easily recognizable, right. you're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Change up your signs. Change up your rhythm of your signs. Right. Exactly. Okay. Here's another trivia question. In 2000, uh, Bill Belichick was named the head coach of the Jets. And then within hours, uh, took pen to napkin and wrote the famous words on the napkin. What were those words? Do you remember? I resign as the HC of the NYJ. Wow, you are good, Josh Missif. Yes, indeed. Um, that's absolutely right. In fact, I think you got every word correct. Um, I wonder where that look, napkin is. I know. How much what, would you pay for that napkin? A lot. That would be. <laughs> would that would be amazing to have yeah. that autographed, like in a little like shadow box. Yeah, oh, that would be incredible. Somebody probably chucked it, but. And for those fans who are, you know, much younger than us and don't remember that, the the story could not have been more bizarre. You know, the Patriots go to the Super Bowl, uh, coached by Bill Parcells, were on top of the world, and then, like, 
right before the Super Bowl, there are whispers that Parcell is going to leave. And it's yep. like, what the fuck? And a lot of people still blame him for that. You know, we lost to the Packers. It was, you know, it was a, a good fight of a game until Desmond Howard ran crazy. Yeah, it was over then. Yeah, but um, people accuse Parcells of selling us out of that game. Um, he bolts for the Jets, and all of a sudden the Jets are good, right? I mean, you know, that was a Keyshawn Johnson. Well, much like better. when... Parcells landed here for the first time. Yeah. It gave legitimacy to the franchise. Yeah, and the Jets were like one and fifteen. He goes there. All of a sudden, they they're good. In fact, they came at the Fa- Foxborough the very next game and would have beat us, except for uh, a last minute field goal was blocked by Mike Jones of the Pats. I was at that game. I remember. But uh, so then the Jets go to the AFC Championship game, and we got Pete Carroll, and we're sort of treading water, and we I think bottomed out in like an eight and eight season. Um. They did this weird thing where Parcells says, I'm going to be a consultant upstairs and Bill is going to be... Is that what happened? Yeah, pretty much, right? Yeah, he was basically moving to the front office and off the field. I think that's part of his transition plan. But Belichick sniffs out that it's he's going to be almost like a figurehead. Wait, no, are we getting this wrong? Because he, he, he went... Um, there was something about how this was a maneuver to... Well, it, that's essentially what it was. And so, and so Belichick says, I don't want to be... Uh, figurehead, right? And he writes the words on the napkin, and then he comes to New England, and yeah, it was uh, truly, NFL was never the same. It was truly bizarre because you know people thought that Belichick had like was like mentally unstable. Like, what's this guy? Well, that's doing? what they accused him yeah, of. Yeah, what's this, this guy has no idea what he's doing. But as we have now learned, wow, twenty some odd years later, yeah, you know, he knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah, knew he didn't want everything to be was in that situation, and he. Came out for it. Yeah. Carrie, what do you got there? It's okay. You can be helpful. She's a, <laughs> you're appearing from behind the glass. When, when was, she's Pay look- no attention to the woman behind I the just, curtain. All I did was Google. Um, she's looking at a headline that says Parcells. I don't even follow this. No, this, I haven't Par- heard this. Bill Parcells laments decision to part ways with the Patriots. So when was that published? This though? was in uh, June 23rd, 2013 in Sarato- Saratoga mm. Springs. Oh. Yeah. Um, so it says that he has one haunting memory from a coaching career that will culminate his, with his August 3rd induction to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, his bitter post-Super Bowl uh, 31 divorce from the New England Patriots and owner Robert Kraft after the Well, we know, yeah, we know what happened. So, but. He said, I regret leaving New England. Uh, I had a good young team there. I hated to leave that team because I knew what we could do. Wow. I, nev- I, said, yeah. I hadn't heard this before. Quoted. He said, I was absolutely too headstrong. Uh, and he might have been a little headstrong, too. I think both Kraft and myself, retrospectively, would have done things a little differently. And the course of NFL history would have changed. Yeah, I think, you know, it, the tune has softened in his old age. You know, he's... You know, he, he did, was, yeah. He was definitely lamenting on the past. And Remember those days in, in Dallas? I mean, he went to Dallas afterwards and, and, yeah. and got Drew Bledsoe as QB. And, you know, they were frisky, but they never really went anywhere in the playoffs. Um, I never heard him say that, that he regretted. So that's sort of interesting. I did see the bill. Did you see the 30 for 30 bill and the two bills? I did, yes. Yeah. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, it was It was excellent, and especially for someone who lived through all that stuff. Parcells, I thought, came off as very gracious. And, and I mean, you're sitting next to a guy who sort of was your disciple who really in a, sort of kind of stole all your glory and went on to... And to, then some. Yeah, and top everything that you had done. But he was very gracious. He was, and Belichick said that Parcells was very encouraging of Belichick's career in ways that 
a superior might not have been. He would bring him into the office and say, hey, Bill, I want to show you how I do this just so someday when you do it, you'll know how to do it. Um, I thought that was cool. You got a peek. Belichick almost came off as nice. I, I really don't think he's a nice person. But what well, he came, he <laughs> came off care, really um, you know, nostalgic as well when he, he was the whole, the whole Giants era when he was back in the locker room yep. for the first time. And he's getting kind of goosebumps about you know, that whole defense when they, they carried him off the field. And yep. Probably the only time a defensive coordinator was ever carried off the field, no? Yeah, yeah. I don't. Well, Romeo Cornell was too heavy for to carry. Well, I yeah. mean, in fairness, but no. So the the um, trip through that the Giants memorabilia was interesting, and um, you know th- there was one moment that stuck out. Which, if you saw the doc, you probably know what I'm talking about. But they walked by, and they they see some memorabilia from the Giants. I think first Super Bowl, the first one they they won over the Patriots with the Tyree David famous David Tyree helmet catch. Mm. And they both kind of looked at it, and Parcells said, oh, yeah, you lost that one. Too bad you should have won that one or something like that. Yeah, it was... <laughs> and Belichick was like, oh, yeah, let's move on. Painful. Um, all right, here a couple more questions uh, about the Pats-Jets rivalry. Which, um, which Jet coach appeared on the television show, uh, The Sopranos? Wow. Uh, I'll give you a hint. Richie Kotite? No. <laughs> Richie Kotex, I mean? <laughs> Sorry, we uh, we can't accept that. The uh, correct answer is Eric Mangini, the man genius, who uh. was, uh, you'll remember. It, it's funny how, like, uh, you know, we're spoiled here. Obviously, Belichick's been here since 20, uh, not 20, uh, 2000, 2000, right? 2001, 2000, 2000. Um, and... You know, the Jets have been through probably four or five head coaches. The Every one of them came in with all this bluster and, you know, Rex Ryan. And then Mangini comes in. He's the man genius, you know. And you remember that whole thing about them shaking hands, Belichick? Yep. And, yeah. It was really awkward. Like the, the, Super awkward. Yeah. Super like Mangini, they, they beat us the first time out. And there was word that Parcells, I mean Parcells, Belichick refused to shake hands. Well, this, that was also after Spygate, wasn't it? Yeah, and Mangini was the one who allegedly blew the whistle. Yeah. Right, asshole. Uh, and then and then Patriots beat the Jets, and this time uh, Belichick is so like uh, fixed on making sure he shakes his hands, he shoves some reporter out of the yep, way really yeah, awkwardly. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, all right. And, uh, yeah, man, you know, maybe, maybe that'll do it. So your prediction for uh, Sunday, Josh? I'm going to channel my uh, Clubber Lang. Yeah. <laughs> well, it it it's it's a little weird because I don't want on Sunday I don't want to say I was bored, but there was a a little bit of a cloud of boredom over that game after you know after we scored the first TD and then the the, the Dolphins kind of stuck around. It was only seven nothing for a while, but I mean there was never any doubt. Um, last year, it's not as if, you know, we win the Super Bowl, obviously. It's not as if throughout the entire year everyone was confident that, oh, we're the best, we're the best, we're the best. You remember? I mean, there was some yeah. there was some drama last year. It was not the most talented team we had. We lost two late-season late games, including one to Pittsburgh. Um, this season, we kind of need a storyline. Maybe it's good that we have the specter of Antonio Brown and like overcoming. And looking that. at the schedule, you're not going to have a storyline until November, right? Because the games up until um, they get into the gauntlet where they're playing. I think the, the stretch of like the Texans. Yeah, I know you can laugh at that one, but the Texans, the Eagles, yep, um, the Cowboys, and the Chiefs. Really, there's there's no storyline. Yeah, it's, it's how good can they be? Right. Will the defense allow a touchdown? 
yeah, and Eagles and Chiefs will both be especially and Cowboys as well. I, guess, I mean, I don't see the point. Patriots allowing a touchdown this weekend. They haven't allowed one yet. I'm going to predict they do just out of I don't know. Just to just to let just the other to, team know what it feels like, but <laughs> just to have some fun. They break some ridiculous record if they hold the team to without a, a touchdown. So I, I'm going to jump back before we go. We're up against the clock here, but I have one theory on Antonio Brown. I want to get out there, and the, and and it's this: it's you, you talk about the timing, like um, like all these things are to be taken. It like you said, take take you know bits and pieces of information here, read the smoke and feel the fire, and he's probably not the greatest guy in the world, but. How do you explain? It just seems the timing just seems bizarre to me. It's it's you know what is it? Two days after he lands in New England, this comes out. Now we know now that the the suit was going on beforehand, but there was a confidentiality agreement. Of course. So she decides he doesn't he doesn't want to settle the case. So if you're Antonio Brown and and the 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 number that got thrown around was two million. Give me two million. And no one ever hears about this ever. And you go on with your football career in New England, and it never comes out at all, right? He says no. Now, who knows why? Hopefully, he's got a good lawyer. And the lawyer says there's no way this case is worth $2 million. They're, they're, uh, they just don't have proof. Or there's proof of her extorting you. We've got all these things that could be that we haven't seen. And so he, he declines knowing he knew it was going to go public. Right? I mean, we don't we don't we presume that? So, yeah, you're what you're basically essentially saying is, you know, he's got they've got to have something on the accuser that makes it seem like this never happened. That's the theory, right? Otherwise, yeah, you pay the money and no one ever knows about it. Right. You could he, and he could have done that. And then why see and so you might say, well, maybe she just got so frustrated that he wouldn't settle for anything normal. Why Break the news. Why push ahead with the lawsuit the week you're getting married? Isn't that weird? It's, it's just such a weird detail. It's extremely strange. I don't know. The I, whole like, thing is bizarre. I wonder if there was something. To, I mean, I'm trying to. I was racking my brain. I think if there's some, some legal ramifications of her being married, which I guess technically there is. Once she's married, she has to split it with her, her um, new husband. Hey, maybe that was it. It just keeps unraveling like a sweater that someone keeps knitting and knitting and knitting. <clears throat> well, Josh Missif, um, I thought you did uh, very well in being the shepherd for Patriots fans as we go into week three. Did you enjoy yourself, my friend? As always, it's always good to be in the studio here in Westwood. Awesome. And please know that Josh's company is the National Tailgating Experience. And if you want that luxury box experience in the parking lot, you hire uh, the National Tailgating Experience website, of course, nationaltailgatingexperience.com, and you'll have a blast with all the TVs and the beer taps, and that uh, check them out. Check them out for your next tailgate. I also want to thank our sponsor, the U.S. Postal Service, usps.com slash careers is where you find information about careers at the Postal Service. I want to thank our friends at Adori. <gasps> I haven't mentioned Adori this entire show, and I adore Adori. Oh, God, I can't believe I said that. I love adore our friends at Adori. A-D-O-R-I. Go to the App Store, download the Adori app. and you're- No, I guess I did mention them earlier. Did I mention them yeah, earlier? You, yes, did. you did. I have no idea See what I'm talking about. Sorry. That's uh, <laughs> it's Organized Chaos here at Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. If you want your own podcast, please check us out at that website. You could be the next big podcast star and on behalf of josh missive my name and carrie thank you carrie 
My name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Enjoy the game and enjoy your week, everybody. Enjoy your day. Enjoy everything. Enjoy everything. You must be the other guy. <laughs> <laughs>